0: Hello, this is Congressman Jim Clyburn, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Clyburn Chronicles. I've always been a lover of history. I see this platform as a way to connect history with the politics of today. This is so important because as George Santiano once said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it each episode, my guest and I will have a conversation about the lessons of the past, the politics of the present, and how we must learn from those experiences to help shape the future. Thank you for taking time to listen, and welcome to Clyburn Chronicles. I'm Congressman Jim Clyburn. Welcome to another edition of Clyburn Chronicles. October 29th is National Internet Day. Now, I know this isn't a day we typically observe, but this year, I think it is warranted. That's because our country is on an unprecedented march towards 100% reliable high-speed internet for all Americans. I often say that the interstate highway was essential to America's growth in the 20th century, just as the information highway is just as fundamental to America's success in the 21st century. Although we have seen tremendous growth in internet access in America in the last 10 years, there are still approximately 8.5 million households and small businesses that do not have reliable, high-speed internet access. Finally, we are beginning to close that digital divide. I'm pleased to say that South Carolina is one of the states leading the nation in efforts to deploy reliable, high-speed internet Not only have we received sufficient funding uh, to bring internet connectivity to every household, but we are on track to do so ahead of the nation's 2030 goal. But the truth is, none of this would have happened without the help of a few great minds along the way. One of those key people is my guest. Jim Stritzinger, Director of the South Carolina Broadband Office. And let me say a little bit about Director Stritzinger. He joined the South Carolina Office of Regulatory Staff as a broadband coordinator in 2021. Shortly thereafter, he was appointed director of the South Carolina Broadband Office where he serves today. Jim was formerly president and CEO of Revolution, Revolution D, Incorporated, a consultant firm that specialized in geospatial artificial intelligence, which he found in 2004. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering from North Carolina State University and a Master of Health Information Technology from the University of South Carolina. In my experiences with Jim, I found him to be incredibly skilled at connecting the private and public sectors towards initiatives of public interest like broadband expansion. He also has has a keen eye for directing resources to the most vulnerable communities. In fact, I might say uh, that we would not be where we are in the country, not just in South Carolina, were it not for Jim. I called upon him at a very critical time when we were trying to put together the internet, uh, accessible, affordable internet for all legislation Uh, which we successfully got included uh, in the uh, so-called bipartisan infrastructure bill. And it was at that time that I called upon him to come to Washington and help me convince some other legislators here in Washington of what we could do to get broadband in rural communities. It was successful uh, and I'm pleased to have him with us here today. And Jim, welcome to Clyburn Chronicles.
1: Well, Congressman Clyburn, it's an incredible honor to join you today. And um, what a journey we've had together. Uh, (laughs) I I think about my first visit to Washington, DC, had never been in the Capitol before. And um, I'm incredible for your, uh, gosh, you know, like they say, we were doing broadband before. It was cool. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm incredibly grateful for your, your friendship along the way and mentorship along the way. And um, I've got my dream job now. We're having fun. Um, we're doing really hard work. I'm working harder than I ever have. But um, it's the honor of my life to have this job and to get to do and to, uh, you know, really do something special for
0: the citizens of South Carolina. Well, thank you very much. You know, way back uh, when you and I first started uh, working together there in South Carolina, before you came up to Washington, I think uh, we were somewhere when I talked about uh, that uh, little tabletop book uh, that I read some years ago uh, about what electricity uh, meant uh, to the 20th century. uh, And the book was called uh, The Next Greatest Thing. And of course, uh, during that talk, I said that uh, broadband was the next, next greatest thing. Uh, And uh, you tended to agree with that. And we laugh about that a lot. But people know uh, exactly how I feel about broadband and what it will mean to our communities. Uh, Share with the listeners today your feelings about what broadband uh, will mean uh, to South Carolina, especially rural communities.
1: Well, the, the book you referenced, The Next Greatest Thing, has become really my Bible for the work that I do. And I'm so glad your team introduced me. In fact, I'm not sure you even know this every time that's the title of every public presentation I do is the next, next greatest thing. And it's wonderful to look back in history. And um, I've become a big fan of your your fascination with public history like like I am. And um, on May 21st, 1936, FDR signed the Rural Electrification Act. And, you know, as an engineer, I was fascinated looking back in the electrical days because, you know, um, we took lessons from Henry Ford and the automation from the factories and deployed, use that to automate the deployment of telephone poles. We, um, you know, FDR didn't have success on day one. There are lots of public policy successes and failures along the way. He had to work through it. But one of the things that, that really not a lot of people know But we had to have electricity in America before we could have fresh water. Um, Electricity was, in fact, the foundation for getting fresh water into our agricultural communities. And then the Rural Electrification Act was extended in 1947 to provide electricity for telephones. So we had to have electricity to do a lot of things. And I love to ask a crowd, you know, whenever I'm doing a presentation, you know, can any of you imagine had we not made that investment back in the 1930s? I can't imagine as a citizen of this nation buying produce from a farm that's not using fresh water. Um, I, I can't even comprehend what our agricultural systems would look like had we not gotten it done. And, you know, Congressman, you know this well, there's plenty of people that say it's too expensive to put Internet on those country roads and those people will never use it. But those same stories were told back in the 1930s. And here we come today and we're going to prove everybody wrong. I just am totally convinced that our agricultural communities will go crazy with Internet in all kinds of ways. Some we can expect, but that's the lesson from the next greatest thing is there were so many surprises along the way. People were shocked by the innovation of of rural communities. And one of the other big lessons from the book is how much revitalization happened in our main streets, um, particularly back in the 30s. Because coming off of the Depression, we had a lot of um, empty real estate on on Main Street because a lot of the banks had shut down. And so when the rural electric co-ops needed office space, that's where they went. And then the next thing you know, moms and dads that needed new, new appliances would go to rural Main Streets to purchase their new appliances. And we, we revitalized the United States getting electricity out there. So as we are sitting here today, um, internet provides the same foundation for all those things we hold special. We can, you know, lift up school teachers, we can lift up, um, my gosh, Agricultural professionals, we can do research and development, we can make entrepreneurship happen. You could go on and on and on. So, you know, the internet is every bit as important to daily life as electricity was back in the 30s. And it's such an exciting time.
0: Absolutely. And uh, one area that you did not mention, I think uh, we ought to mention here is healthcare, uh, yeah. especially in South Carolina. Uh, where uh, we've lost, we've closed what four rural hospitals uh, in recent years. Uh, one state uh, that I held a hearing uh, on few, uh, well, a couple of years ago, dealing with COVID nineteen, uh, they had uh, closed uh, seven rural hospitals in that state, and uh, most people believe that if these hospitals uh, could be connected to our teaching hospitals via the internet, those hospitals would probably still be open today. And um, I often talk about uh, my late wife uh, and her battle with diabetes. Uh, One of her doctors told me one day uh, that um, the key uh, to getting a uh, handle on the treatment of diabetes uh, was the internet uh, and he sat me down in his office and showed me uh, how he considered his desk in Columbia and with a, a client a patient sitting down in um, Sheldon South Carolina over 120 miles away uh, putting his eyes to a monitor and this doctor could uh, diagnose him uh, 120 miles away that's what the internet is all about uh, connecting uh, hospitals uh, teaching hospitals uh, to uh, community health centers and rural hospitals uh, it is it's a godsend
1: it's it's amazing and you know it's about getting again coming back to the foundation if we get our digital foundation correct in South Carolina, there's really nothing we can't do. And a lot of the the high end technologies that hospitals need, they need super fast fiber. They need very reliable fiber, and they need also what's called low latency fiber the, um, you know, so that the communications are, are really crisp. So you know, no doctor's going to risk their medical license if they're trying to communicate with a resident and the the video image is choppy and they can't hear the patient's voice. They're not going to prescribe a medication. So it's not enough just to have connectivity. We need high-speed connectivity to enable state-of-the-art things in our state. And um, it's a very exciting time.
0: You know... um South Carolina, I often boast about uh, what we've been doing in South Carolina. Uh, I've had two uh, joint uh, press conferences with the governor uh, over what we're doing here, one uh, on access and the other uh, on affordability. Uh, And of course, uh, it's one thing uh, to have uh, broadband accessible is something else to have broadband affordable? And we're working in South Carolina to accomplish both of those things. Would you mind sharing uh, with the listeners today uh, some of what we're doing in South Carolina? Uh, of course. To make sure that we make it uh, affordable.
1: Of course. And, and um, of course, we're grateful for Congress for the work that Congress has done to set up what's known as the Affordable Connectivity Program within um, the Federal Communications Commission. And for those that may not know, ACP, we, we all talk in that lingo now, ACP this, that, and that. But um, ACP is, um, is a place where a qualifying family can get $30 a month towards their monthly internet bill. It's been extremely successful in South Carolina. We're working on programs to, to sign people up. Um, we recently got a, a grant from the FCC to do outreach to actually sign people up, sit next to them side by side and make sure they get signed up. And that's, that's really important because some of the federal programs can be kind of overwhelming to get all the forms and fill out all the data properly. So we will be putting people side by side with residents that, that need a little bit of assistance. Um, also the ACP helps out tribal areas so any of our tribal residents can get $75 a month towards their ter, towards their bill. And there's also a special feature not a lot of people know about. There's a one-time $100 um, provision in ACP where they can get a credit towards a new device. So, you know, that's one of the things I've learned in my time doing this is sort of the number one issue reason people don't bring internet in their house is because they can't afford it. But the number two reason is they don't have a functional computer. So if you don't have a computer that works in your house, you don't really need internet. Um, But of course our public school systems have worked hard on the, you know, with the one-to-one programs to make sure each child has a device. And, you know, it makes me sick to think, sick to my stomach to think about a child that has a beautiful, fully functional device and they go home and they have no connectivity that's, uh, that's where we're leaving brilliant minds behind. And we're fixing it rapidly though. I, I will be happy to share that we've made incredible progress.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I often think about um, uh, my uh, interaction with uh, Serena Williams, a tennis player, uh, when I talked her into um, um, making uh, purchasing some uh, laptops. Uh, for students down in, in Clarendon County at Scotts Branch High School. And I thought I had done something when I got her to purchase those laptops. I called the superintendent to tell uh, the superintendent what I had done. And, and there was silence on the other end. Uh, and when I inquired as to why uh, she wasn't as excited about that as I was, she asked me, well, what are my kids gonna do with the laptops? I said, well, you put them in the library and uh, let them check them out like they check out books. She said, well, when they get them home, what are they going to do with them? Uh, And that's when it struck me uh, that um, uh, connectivity was a big, big issue. At that time, uh, over 60, uh, right around 66% uh, of the students in their school were not connected to the internet. And then along came COVID-19, uh, schools were closed. The students who were connected to the internet continued to be educated. The students who were not had no way of be continuing their education. And they got left behind when they could not pass proficiency exams when they went back to school. That is what how basic this is. Now, share with the audience, if you will, how you're planning to just keep the public informed on the updates as we continue to build out.
1: Well, we've we've done some amazing things. Um, and I, I will say one of the, you know, when you and I first met, I was in the private sector. And then I came, got my dream job and I became part of a state agency. One of the amazing things is when you find yourself in the right state agency with the right leader, and I'm, I'm blessed by that, you know, when state agencies can work together, magic can happen. And as an example, I was able to reach out to the South Carolina Department of Education, and we got every street address from every public school student, and we've mapped them all. And what that does for us is that gave us exceptional intelligence to know where are the areas of greatest need in South Carolina and let's make sure we get internet there first so we actually you know the General Assembly put that into law and they said okay we want you guys to prioritize the locations where students live they said we want you to prioritize the places that have no internet service provider at all and they also want us to prioritize the locations in the state where we have what's called a difficult development area. Um, U.S. Housing and Urban Development has done this work for a long time and there are persistent geographies in South Carolina that have struggled. So, Congressman, I'm not sure I, I ever told you this, but we've taught our internet service providers how to play Pac-Man. <laughs> and um, do you, you remember back in the day, I'm sure you played it once or twice and um, your kids probably did it once in a while, but... You know, you had this Pac-Man player and the job was to have the Pac-Man go around the board and gobble up as many cherries. So, you know, one of the challenges for a, a broadband office and one of our secrets is you teach your by, you know, when you realize that you have control of the playing board, the broadband office has the ability to put the cherries where we want them. So when we come up and we have a competitive grant program, We can put the playing board out there and I can say, ready, set, go. So guess what we've done? We've put the cherries on all of these census blocks in South Carolina where there's a lot of students. We've put the cherries on all the census blocks where we have a lot of high need families. And then um, as the grant applications come in, guess what? The folks that gobble up the most cherries with their projects, they get the most grant points. They wind up winning. So... That's been magic for us. Once we realized that we could set up, we could use really high-tech intelligence, really high-end analytics, we can work with other state agencies to get the data, we have changed the game in South Carolina and it's been
0: profound. Well, I wanna thank you very much for sharing that. I'm sure that my listeners here uh, will all know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I must confess, I've never spent one moment uh, playing Pac-Man. <laughs> so I have no idea. I looked over people's shoulders, and I watched this little thing running around, uh, gobbling up stuff, but I've never stopped long enough to figure out what it was. I'm glad to know they're eating cherries. Uh, but, um, uh, In a good way. They're eating cherries. I, I understand uh, the cherries part, but I don't know that much about it. Thank you, man. Let me ask you this. I remember Mike Sheely. Uh You remember Mike, who was the uh, former, I don't know, former director of the uh, digital equity program, mm-hmm. the office there. Uh, He's always talking about broadband fiber being just wires in the ground if people can't afford to use it. Uh, now you you talked about connectivity. We didn't mention the BEAD program. Um, Uh, Tell my listeners, uh, they see this stuff, uh, tell them what all that means, how that may differ uh, from ACP. Sure. Well, let's just talk about basic
1: economics. Um, I think your listeners would be really interested to know that for for one mile of fiber in the ground to bury it costs about $80,000 to put one mile of fiber on telephone poles right now it costs about $50,000. So every one of these companies is a private company. Some have shareholders, some are co-ops, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if you run five miles of fiber down the road and there's only three houses along that road, it's really, really expensive. And this is where government plays such a huge role is the way you change the calculus is government gets involved and we do the people's business. Um, and we change the calculus on each of those projects. So, you know, that's the principle we're all of the broadband office, you know, and your, your listener should know we don't hook up. My, my team does not hook up a single home. We don't, we don't build a single mile of fiber and we count on ISPs to get that work done internet service providers i should not use uh, acronyms but the internet service providers are the ones that do all the work so really what we are is a big investor and we make grant investments to highly qualified internet service providers to get the work done so that's why it's so important so you've asked me many times jim how much is it going to cost to connect every home in south carolina i've been asked that quite a bit and you know so grateful for you and your team working with the governor's office and the general assembly you know two years ago when we started i think we told you it would take approximately 650 million dollars to connect every home in in south carolina um now i will say that at that time we were measuring based on the old standard um of 25.3 so for your listeners uh, it's kind of nerdy but um a served or an unserved home is based on the download speed and the upload speed that you get so um, the federal government has defined that a house which has less than 25 megabits per second down and three megabits per second up is classified as an unserved home and so when we started doing this we were using that old standard at 25 3 Um, to to get the job done in South Carolina. And this past March, I'm really happy to tell you that because we've made so much progress on the 25-3 homes, we've raised the bar for South Carolina. And we're now looking at 100 megabits per second down and 20 megabits per second up as the baseline for connecting every home in South Carolina. So the federal government calls those underserved homes Everybody less than 120. So we have moved the goalpost on ourself, um, holding South Carolina to a higher standard. And we are condensing the map. Even, even at that, we are making incredible progress. You know, at present, we only have about 133,000 broadband serviceable locations left in South Carolina that still need help. So we're using all of the financial resources we can to get that done. The uh, American Rescue Plan Act has been a fantastic tool. The, uh, you know, Congress helped to make ARPA happen. And, and then, of course, uh, the South Carolina General Assembly allocated $400 million to the broadband office of our total pot of funds to to make some work happen. And we've been using that in addition to the ARPA money. Um, the BEAD program, you know, it's been unbelievable. IIJA has been incredible A gift to the United States here in South Carolina. Um, I had the pleasure of going to the White House and hearing, you know, President Biden and Vice President Harris. I got to see them on stage, and I, I learned that day, June 26, that South Carolina was receiving an additional $551 million to really permanently change the state um and that's called the bead program as you know b-e-a-d it stands for broadband equity access and deployment and um that's going to be we're going to i don't a lot of people don't realize this the the goal post now is every single home in south carolina 100.0 percent you know for way 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 too long we would pat ourselves on the back and say, okay, we got 93% of the homes connected, or 94% because we're used to, you know, getting our report card in school, but that's no longer good enough because we were leaving hundreds of thousands of people behind. When I first started, you know, when you and I first started talking about this, my best guess is there were were about 400,000 unserved and underserved homes in the state of South Carolina, and... With the investments of the federal government and the funds that this the uh, South Carolina has put in, we have closed the gap incredibly. Um, and then there are also two other federal agencies. A lot of people don't know this, but the U.S. Department of Agriculture um, makes investment in broadband. And also the Federal Communications Commission has another program that we're not we're not in charge of. We don't administer those but South Carolina has been a big beneficiary of lots and lots of federal dollars. And um, it's an exciting time.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned all of that. And I want to say for the uh, information uh, for my listeners here, uh, what you just heard uh, from Jim has been a a litany uh, of the programs that are involved, and a little bit of the sources. So let me just say, for instance, he mentioned the $400 million from the rescue plan. Now the rescue plan uh, was the first bill signed uh, by President Biden. Uh, However, uh, it's it's not talking about $400 million for broadband in South Carolina. It just gave the uh, governor uh, and the legislature the ability, uh to find out where they want to place their priorities and this money would be there for them so if you look at the 650 million dollars that you talked about uh, if, if you count it down uh when we started this uh, the first uh 50 million dollars or well, 50 million dollars came uh, as a direct appropriation from the legislature another hundred million. Uh, it was appropriated from the uh, uh, infrastructure bill, uh, the, which is the federal infrastructure bill. Then another, uh, one of the many called Harbor, but that's the uh, so-called the, um, what do we call from the uh, Federal Communications Commission. Yeah. Um, and then the governor decided uh, that he would ask the legislature to uh, allow 400 million dollars on the rescue plan that come into the uh, to be used for this purpose. And that's how we got to $650 million. Uh, so uh, uh, that allows us uh, to build out. Now, as you said, that was the minimum. It's probably a few more millions uh, more now that you moved up from 25 to 100. Yeah. Now, I'm using your numbers. I don't know what all that means. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, uh, anytime you go from 25 to 100, uh, that's a big step up in, in my book. But I think that what's important here is that South Carolina, according to your office and the governor's office, uh, this 2030 that Joe Biden was talking about as being the year that we ought to bill out 100%. South Carolina's going to get to that much quicker, right?
1: We are, we are, um, you know, it's it's a big testament. And when you're talking about money, I think it's important for us also to share is that the, the federal government and the state are not paying for everything. You know, every one of these grants that we fund, we want our ISPs to have skin in the game. So there's been a lot of private sector investment too. And our internet providers should be commended for, you know, ma- they, we call it MATCH, and, you know, so every project is a little bit different, but they're all putting their, their private money in the game, too. And that's really important for for the listeners to know. But we're doing great. Um, you know, I feel like um, we have currently one hundred and thirty three thousand homes that that need an investment to lift up their area. Um, we still have two hundred and fifty million dollars of American Rescue Plan money that we have not deployed yet so i think we're going to enter well i'm i'm fairly certain we're going to enter calendar year 2024 with some somewhere about 75 to 80,000 homes left and we still have more american rescue plan money to close that gap even further so by next summer you know i i i love to think of myself as standing in the crow's nest in a tall ship approaching land and i can kind of see the end of the digital divide, and I'm the first one that gets to see it. It's such an exciting time. And, you know, as a broadband director, when you can see it and you can feel it, um, it's so exciting. And residents are smiling, and there's a lot of great things happening.
0: Well, thank you so much for that. I want the listeners to know, uh, the governor said uh, when we first announced uh, what we were doing, uh, that by 2025, you wanted to see uh, 100% of the homes and businesses connected. And what you just mentioned, this is 2023, and you have climbed into the crow's nest, looking out at the top of that ship, and you see it land uh, around December 31, uh, 2024. That means by 2025, we're going to have it done. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm very excited. Go it's right
1: it's, it's it's extremely exciting, um, you know, and and I want to clarify for we're going to get every single home. You know, we've been working with the Federal Communications Commission and the FCC has moved all their mapping to location level mapping, which simply means we're tracking street addresses. So for way too long, we looked at these geographies called census blocks, but now we've moved everything to street addresses and the goal is one hundred point zero percent every single residential home and business location in South Carolina. So,
0: well, let me thank you, and I want to say to my listeners today that you have been uh, we've been sharing time uh, with the director uh, of the South Carolina Broadband Office, uh, a gentleman who I've been working with now for several years, uh, Jim Strichinger. I can do the gym real easy uh, uh, and I can do Clyburn. I think i finally got Stritchinger uh, right. Uh, for the first two years of my knowing Jim, I will just call him by his first name because uh, I never could get uh, the pronunciation of his last name correct. But I want to say this about him as I uh, make my uh, closing comments. Uh, right after Jim came up to visit with me here, uh, and those uh, fifteen or twenty uh, other Congress people, uh, when he left, I don't know if I've ever told him this. A person after person said to me uh, that I need that gentleman to come into my state, and if my member serves, you did get invitations. Uh, to go to other states to help them uh, with their map. And I want uh, the listeners to know that South Carolina uh, is leading the way uh, in this all important broadband deployment. And the gentleman we have here today is the one uh, that is responsible uh, for the direction of this. I thank the governor for making the commitment uh, the legislature for appropriating the money uh, but having the money and not knowing what to do with it uh, we needed somebody like Jim to tell us what to do and I want to thank him and offer him a time to make any closing comments you might want to make
1: well congressman I it's been a pleasure to work with your whole team um you have you know like like we said before you know we've been working on this, together and apart for, for many years, way before it was cool. And, um, you know, all of that preparation came together in a moment when the state needed it most, um, in the middle of a pandemic, we had to move quickly. And I'm really, really happy that, um, we've been able to use state-of-the-art, um, analytics, state-of-the-art intelligence to do really smart things in South Carolina. We, um, we're trying not to waste a penny. We're working really hard on this and um, just grateful for all the support. We we feel it every day. And I want the residents out there that are listening to know the cavalry is coming. And if we haven't hooked your home up yet, you're gonna be seeing it soon. And um, we look forward to having 100.0% uh, connected in South Carolina for sure.
0: Well, thank you very much uh, for your friendship. Thank you very much. Uh, for your commitment to this effort. And I want to say to all uh, my listeners, I want you all to know uh, that you have been listening uh, to what I would like to call uh, the architect uh, of this broadband uh, for all programming in South Carolina, uh, Director Jim Strichinger. This has been another edition of Clyburn Chronicles. Thank you for listening to this episode of Clyburn Chronicles. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a comment. And don't forget to subscribe to my show wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I'm Congressman Jim Clyburn.